Hi, welcome to That's Life Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Murphy, and this is a Christian podcast dedicated to navigating the transitions of life and how to do it through a Christian lens. I'm so happy that you're here. Pull up a chair, grab a coffee, come as you are, and listen to the word of the Lord and the plan that he has for your life. Because it's hard to have it all figured out, but we can help each other together in the community of Christ. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Stay tuned to hear more. Hello. Hello, everybody. I'm feeling in a really um, interesting mood today. I've been talking like this for at least 36 hours at this point. Um, I don't actually have an accent. Well, I guess to me it would be an accent. If you're like from somewhere else, I guess how I'm speaking right now actually is an accent. But I don't actually talk like this. Well, this is a bit more proper than I normally do because what I just did was more cockney, I think. But this is a little bit more proper, a little more um, proper British. I don't know the uh, proper, the proper, what was this like, English, English British? And this one's more laid back. I don't really know the diff- the different names for them. I just know there's different areas. It's like saying Ameri- like an American accent, but an American accent could be like this. It could be like this, and you could talk like this, or it could just be normal. Well, this is my normal for me. Anyways, that's off, way off topic. This is what I actually sound like. And my name is Abby Murphy. And as you heard in the intro, you are here on a per- Christian... <laughs> So I can say things in other accents, but I can't say things in the way that I actually talk. Um, this is a Christian podcast, but apparently it's an accent uh, dialect a podcast today. Um, anyways, I'm filming this on a Thursday night after working at the pool all day, so I'm a little bit delirious. Bear with me. But I'm so happy that you guys are here. Today's episode is um, going to be a like advice like advice podcast, like Q&A kind of podcast. Um, I just want to go ahead and preface before I even like get into this that in no way, and I know like a disclaimer, like everyone always says the disclaimers and you're like, okay, we get it. Like we know you're not trying to be like, I know everything, boo. But I just want to say that like, this is a disclaimer that this is strictly my advice coming from someone who has grown up reading the Bible and bases everything they do off of the word, off of um, the Lord. And do I have it all right? No, absolutely not. But I've lived a lived 20 years of life and um, for my 20 years of living life, through a Christian lens, uh, as I say on this podcast, this is just me speaking from the heart. Um, I'm not claiming to know all the right answers. I'm just claiming to speak the truth that I know and to say, um, pull from from personal experiences. Um, and, you know, with even these questions, I don't know like exact stories, exact details. So there's not going to be, there's never like one blanket answer for, you know, how things work. But all in all, I encourage you to go get into the word and to pray about these things if you really are struggling with um, certain topics that are brought up today. Uh, find someone in your life. This is just tip number one <laughs> for any kind of advice. Choose someone in your life who you want to be like. Choose someone in your life who you look look up to and you look at their life and say, wow, I want to be like them. Um, you know, not in an idolization way, but in a way of like the Lord places role models in your life for a reason. Um, 
so yeah, reach out to that person. Uh, but if this is just a little mini step in the right direction for you to help maybe, maybe get some answers or some guidance in an area you don't really know how to navigate, then I pray that this does that for you. Before we get into that, I'm just going to do a quick little life update. Week number two, I think this is in Bowling Green. Um, I've been lifeguarding every day. I've act- I'm actually really growing to love it. I'm making a lot of new friends and I'm finding that a lot of my coworkers are also believers, which is really cool because um, we've started to like open up about our faith, which is really unexpected just to, I don't know, in the workplace, you know, you tend to think like, oh, I go in for my shift, I do my job, I leave. But coming from a job in Texas where we were so invested in each other's emotional and personal lives. I really kind of wanted to create that kind of atmosphere when I went into any other job I went into because it just changes everything. And like, who's to say at your corporate job or at your desk job or where you sit in a cubicle that you can't invest in your coworkers and have your coworkers be your best friends. Like make the workplace your life, like your happy workplace because, you know, there's a healthy work-life balance, but like if you're loving the people you work with, then it just feels like you're going to see your friends. Um, And that's kind of what I feel like is, you know, when I lifeguard, it's like, oh, I get to go hang out with my friends. I mean, obviously I'm guarding lives, but don't really have many complaints when I get to get paid for sitting in the sun, people watching and uh, hanging out with my friends. So it's really nice. Um, Obviously I'm alert. Obviously I do my job. Don't go spreading rumors, y'all. But anyways, that's been really good. Um, Hanging out with my friends all the time, reconnecting with people I haven't been able to spend time with because I haven't been in Bowling Green. Uh, Everything's just pretty chill. I've been streaming Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo, the clean version, on repeat over and over and over again. I'm screaming that song in my car because it is just needed and wonderful and beautiful. Um, And today, literally 15 minutes before I came on here, I posted something on Instagram about long distance friendships and go check it out if you want to on the podcast. Um, that's life potty at that's life potty, but I've decided I'm going to start posting those videos also on TikTok because it seems that the TikTok algorithm is like boosting more personalized videos rather than like the trendy videos. Like TikTok is now gearing more towards longer, like three minute clips, one to three minute clips of like people sharing lifestyle and, and kind of like a mini YouTube, I guess, um, of just like little clips here and there, which is my kind of content that I post on the podcast is just like short little blurbs of me speaking or things in my life, little videos. I love posting stuff like that. So I decided I'm going to start posting that on TikTok. So I posted my first one today and it's going viral. It literally has like 40K. I'm so excited. And people are like commenting and sharing and saving and it makes it, it makes me all excited because TikTok is a great way to like boost whatever you want to get out there. It's a great marketing tool and I never want to fall into a trap of marketing the podcast in a way to like make money. Like this podcast is definitely my happy place, my therapy, my word vomit place and it's a very special thing. I never want it to become like businessy in a way of I'm just trying to give the people what they want. Um, but I would love for this to get out there because the heart and the soul of the podcast is tell people about Jesus and show Christianity through a lens of we're all human and we're all struggling and let's come together and talk about it in community and confession. Um, So to be able to kind of get the word out really means a lot to me and makes me excited. And yeah, obviously I would love to make something out of this. I think going to Texas kind of put into perspective for me, like, oh, 
this could actually be something. So it's kind of in the prayer that's been on my heart. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, but yeah, a nice little, a nice little blurb on the podcast for that. Um, and yeah, now I'm going to open up in prayer and then we'll get right on into the advice. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I pray that you fill my words with scripture and with biblical factual evidence and not just me only speaking from my opinions and my experiences, even though those things are great, Lord. Um, None of it matters if it's not based in what you've presented. And so I pray that I stay grounded in that. Um, I pray for each and every person listening and that something resonates with them, something sticks with them. Um, I pray that if people are on the edge about accepting Jesus into their life, they sink into that. They uh, tune into possibly other podcasts, ask people around them, ask the church around them who you are, what you are, and how they can be saved. Because Lord, you are amazing. You save. You are so, so good to us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to take a quick pause in the podcast to talk about something really, really exciting. This is my first partnership with the podcast that I'm doing. I'm super excited about it and I kind of feel really cool. Like, wow, I'm stepping up in the podcast world. I got my first little partnership, putting out my code out there. Like, whoa, things are big. Things are crazy. But this is so worth it. And I'm so excited to be able to share this with you guys. If you are a Bible reader, a church goer, a note taker, someone who likes to organize your thoughts, put things into a journal, have things to remember, then you need to check out Steadfast and Sustained Journals. This is the ultimate Bible journal to help navigate where you want to put your ideas, what you want to keep organized, um, whether you're listening to a sermon, doing a Bible study, or even reading the Bible just on your own. These are journals with an impact. If you're looking to find a deeper peace and trust with God, Steadfast and Sustained Journals provide space to reflect on scripture, remember God's promises, and connect with him in a tangible way. There are church note journals, and there are also Bible and devotional journals that you can choose from. If you head on over to the Instagram, you will be able to see all the different options of all the different organization pages and things to choose from. Each page helps you draw more out of what you're reading in the Bible and apply it to your life. The sections provide a format to complete any Bible study with room for Bible verses, takeaways, reflection, questions, notes, and a prayer. The girl that started this company, her name is Kaylee Elise. She is a joy. I've been talking with her through DMs, through emails, and she's just been so awesome to be able to connect with and to work with. She sent me a journal so I know what it's like, and it is so cool. It's very durable. It's put together nicely. It's bound nicely. It's a beautiful book. It's very, very smooth, and if you want to get 10% off can't talk even in a even in a promotion thingy I'm still gonna be able to trip up my words I'll find a way and I just did it but back to the discount if you want to get 10% off of your bible journal from steadfast and sustained all you have to do is enter code abby 10 at checkout. That is code Abby10 at steadfastandsustained.com. Go check them out on Instagram, Steadfast and Sustained. That's a tongue twister. Try to say that 10 times fast. And you can also scroll down in their feed and see all the different options that you have to choose from, from which pages you want to do. Remember that is code Abby10 for 10% off of your purchase. It'll help me out. It'll help you out. It's a win-win for everybody. All right, back to the podcast. All right, here we go. So I put out an anonymous 
link on my, both of my Instagrams actually, I put one out on the podcast Instagram and then I also put one out on my personal Instagram. So I have received quite a lot um, and I peeked at them just to like make sure that we were kind of on the right track of like, oh, people were understanding the idea of like submitting things and they were, but there were also some silly ones. So I'm gonna go through and uh, read all of these. I'm also gonna read the silly ones because I like silly things. So we're going to start out with the first silly question, which is the worst date you've ever been on. The worst date I have ever been on. If I'm being honest, oh, I don't know how specific I want to get. There have been a couple of bad dates and the reason isn't because of what we do. It's because of how the conversation flows. Like if I feel like I am talking to a brick wall and I just have to like pull words out of you and just like pull things out of you and, and like, we're not talking back and forth, like bantering back and forth. It's just more of like, forced conversation that's just like the worst I just leave and I'm drained and it makes me cringe thinking about like uh, going back to it I don't know but nothing really like gives me the ick like I'm a pretty open person when it comes to things to do I love to do an activity especially if it's a first date I love to do like an icebreaker activity rather than like hey let's go watch a movie I'm like but we haven't even talked to each other yet like that's gonna be awkward I don't know maybe it's just me but anything that just feels forced conversation where it just like doesn't naturally flow I automatically am like oh gosh this is really difficult and I don't realize it until after the date is done because I'm like hyped up on adrenaline you know um but I would say yeah, that that's like the worst dates is like those first dates where it's just uh, like, come on. Next question. Biggest regret. I think as of right now at age 20, almost 21, my biggest regret. Oh, I don't, I haven't read these questions before, so I don't have anything like prepared. This is kind of just like initial first thing that pops into my head, but I think my biggest regret in life Honestly, I have a couple. I would have loved to see how my sports career could have taken off. Um, I feel like if I, I, I was born in Atlanta and I was really into gymnastics and I still am really into, into gymnastics and consider myself trained in gymnastics because I keep up with my skills and I, you know, try to learn new skills and, and take classes when I can. But I would have loved to see what would have happened if, I would have poured my all into gymnastics. And I don't even know if that's a regret. That's just like a what if. Things I regret that I did and I wish I could take back. I'm not really sure because if I'm being honest and this is going to sound really cheesy, but I live my life in a way that's like everything I've done has shaped me and I've kind of used it as like a learning opportunity rather than like beating myself up about it because there's nothing I can really do to go back and change it. So I might as well just like learn from it and keep going rather than dwell in the past because that's not going to benefit me in any way or change anything in any way. Um, But then again, I'm also someone who when I do something I know I shouldn't have done or do something I know I wish I wouldn't have done, I try to fix it as soon as possible, whether that's, I'm a very confrontational person. So like if I say something I know I shouldn't, I will immediately go up and apologize or else I will not be able to forgive myself. Um... And that's just how I've always been. Like, I've never been able to cheat. 
not trying to like flex, but anytime I've ever like cheated on a test or got an answer from someone, I have to go up and tell the teacher. Like I'm just one of those people. So regrets, I don't know, but like things I wish I maybe like a what if or wish I could have done, I would have loved to pour into my gymnastics and seen where that could have gone. Um, there's, it's so funny. I love my life and I love what I'm doing, but there's another part of me that could see myself just totally going off the grid and moving away to a beach town or even more of a tropical area like Hawaii because I've literally fallen in love with Hawaii and my dream is Broadway Hawaii one day like I want to live in Hawaii um but like getting a garden and going super like all natural super living off the land like I've always loved that lifestyle of just being super grounded with the earth um and the hustle and bustle of a Broadway pursuing career is total opposite of that because you're living in the city everything's fast-paced which I also really love so much but I just have two loves for it and right now that's I'm, I'm in that hustle and bustle season that I love but I could also see myself totally going the other way so those are like my two what ifs but I don't really know if I really regret putting my energy anywhere or anything um, next question. How do you deal with romantic feelings? And then I think after this, they get a little more biblical of questions, but how do I deal with romantic feelings? This is such a broad question because I feel like rom like romantic feelings in a sense of if you're literally just breaking down romantic feelings as strictly romantic feelings. I personally don't believe there's anything wrong with feeling attracted to someone else. Now, if this romantic feeling that you're talking about is like lustful things or imagining things in your head with someone else that you probably shouldn't be thinking of or, um, you know, if you're catching my drift or even having romantic feelings for someone else while you're in a relationship. I mean, there are so many different avenues we could go for um, here and I'll try to touch all of them, but just romantic feelings in general, if you're single and you're, you know, whatever, I would pursue it. I don't think there's a, a need for you to really deal with them and try to get rid of them. Um, if you're feeling romantic feelings for someone, I would say go for it. I mean, like, what do you have to lose? Dating is the interview process for marriage. And if you're in a season in your life where you're feeling a romantic way for someone and, you know, they align with you morally and, uh, you know, have the same faith values as you and, and seem to be somewhat of a good person, ask him on a date, get to know him. Doesn't mean you have to stay committed because it's just a date. One of my biggest pet peeves in the Christian dating world is going on a date and then automatically feeling like you guys have to just text each other all the time and stay connected with each other all the time. And that's a one and done deal. And now you guys are going to get married. Like, Let's bring back casual Christian dating. Like, go on a date with someone. Just see how it is. Make it casual. Make it fine. Like, you aren't proposing to that person after the first date. I mean, if it works, great. And there are those great stories that, like, work like that. But just because we are Christians and we view dating as a very serious thing, as we should, that doesn't mean we aren't allowed to just go on a casual date. You know what I mean? Um, now, if these romantic feelings are feelings you know you shouldn't be feeling for whatever specific reason, maybe you know you should stay single right now, um, maybe you, you know, just know you shouldn't be dating anyone, you want to stay single, whatever, 
Um, or even if it's, you know, something that you don't align with in your beliefs of your faith and you're feeling certain ways about someone, I would always start with prayer and just express that to God. Like, God, I don't want to feel this way. And just tell him, tell him your heart. He already knows it. He just wants to hear you say it. Um, and then I would place your intentions elsewhere and not necessarily view those romantic feelings as, um, something that you want to push out or else you're going to be afraid of it. But I would embrace it in the fact of saying, okay, these are things I'm feeling. I'm going to let those stay there and just go on with my life in another way. Because if you constantly, I've learned that thoughts that I have, if I just try to be like, oh, so bad, I can't get it away, get it away. Every time it pops into my head, I'm going to get triggered and have a freak out. So if I just kind of let those feelings stay there and say, okay, I'm having these feelings. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to go have dinner with my mom. I'm going to go paint a picture. I'm going to go on a run. Automatically, it doesn't make me fear those thoughts anymore. You know, I'm not a slave to fear. I am a child of God, just like the song says. Um, Don't let the enemy make you afraid of something that you can overcome with the power of the Lord. I'll leave that where I leave that. Um, Now, if you're in a relationship and you're having romantic feelings for someone else, that is something you, I believe, should talk to either like a therapist, a counselor, a preacher, get some real biblical knowledge about that, some real serious knowledge about that. Um, But from my personal experience, I mean, I, it's, it's not morally what I believe in and what is right. Um, there is such thing as emotional cheating and I think it's only human of us. I, uh, if I'm in a relationship, like, yeah, not dip, I'm going to probably see someone and be like, oh, that's a cute guy, but I'm not going to be, feel like attracted to that person. You know what I mean? Like I could look at someone and think they're cute, but I think attraction and thinking someone is cute are two different things. Um, I think if you're attracted to someone, that means you've invested. Um, and if you're investing in someone else while you're with a, a partner, I think you need to check in with yourself and say, do I really like this person and that I'm with right now if I'm trying to look elsewhere? And if that's the case, I would end things. Now, that's a lot easier said than done especially if you are married, then sorry, you got to push through it. But if you're in that dating part of your life right now, that is some personal reflection, journaling, bullet noting, prayer, looking within yourself. And be bold with yourself because if you're bold with yourself, you're going to get to the truth. And one thing I like when I'm journaling bold thoughts of things that I'm genuinely feeling is it's safe because when you tell someone else your bold thoughts, now you have someone holding you accountable, which is could be really scary all of a sudden. But if you start with just journaling your genuine thoughts to yourself, no one has to see that. So you can be 100% honest. And when you're 100% honest, you realize, oh, okay, this is actually what's going on, but no one knows this. And it's just like easing your way into what, is needing to happen. Um, 
But the thing is that God sees that. And so if you need someone to talk to about it, might as well see the guy who already sees it. Might as well talk to the guy who already can see it. That is my multi-answer to that singular question. The next question, total 180. How many kids do you want to have? I don't really know. I don't really care. I know I want to adopt. Um, I know I want to have kids, but I don't know necessarily if they have to be my biological children. As of right now, I know I at least want to adopt one child. I feel perfectly content with having children that are adopted. Um, but I would love to have my own as well, if that's what the Lord blesses me with. But it's not going to be the end of the world if I don't. And I don't have a specific number. I know I, I know me as a person wouldn't be able to handle a lot of children. Um, I feel like I would do really well with maybe one or two. I feel like three I wouldn't be too hot with, but I'm also 20 years old and Jesus knows what's best. So I'm just going to trust that. I don't really have a specific number in mind. Are there times where you doubt the existence of God? If so, how do you get out of that mindset? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes in the past. Yes in the present. I will in the future. We're human. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. We are, our brains are not physically made to understand the power of God. That's just how it is. And we can rest in that fact as well. But the Bible says, cast your cares on him. Cast your worries and fears on him. So when I have these thoughts, it in the past, it's so easy for me to just get caught up in the web of like, well, blah, 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 blah. And what did this and who created this? And, and did he just appear? And well, how did this happen? And this is a crazy story and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, any theory of life and existence has those thoughts, those questions. There are questions in every theory of how life started. Um, and, and I wish I had like a specific answer of, well, in this time period, this molecule proved the existence of God and blah, blah, blah. There is so much quote unquote proof out there, but in anything, people are going to find a way to discredit what you have to say. So I'm not going to sit here and say all of these facts and things of the existence of God. Because us as humans, there is an aspect of faith that has to come in to religion. And God gave us free will to be able to choose him because he is that good of a God. And so how do I get out of the mindset of having doubts of God's existence? I go to God. <laughs> as contradicting as that sounds, I do because I bring my worries and fears to him. Um, you know, I'm not someone who likes to brush out those kind of thoughts because again, like I said before, it'll make you fear them. I think it strengthens your faith when you allow those thoughts to come in. Really dig deep into why you believe what you believe. Especially if you're someone like me who just grew up in the Christian faith. I remember I took this class my sophomore year of high school and it really made me question my faith. It was a history through the Bible class. And the first day I got in there, the teacher says, well, Moses isn't real and here's why. And it 
rocked my world and it was so hard for me not to question everything I'd grown up believing and I did um but I I did my research and I read my bible and I prayed and I found I found things to combat what she was saying to me and and it really put into perspective for me that there is going to be negativity and people discrediting your beliefs no matter if I was Buddhist, Muslim, atheist, agnostic, there's always going to be those thoughts no matter what you choose. And when you look at it like that and then just allow yourself to realize the goodness of God and the spirit that he brings, there is nothing that compares to the feeling of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior of your life. And I'm sorry, but there's no scientific fact that can prove that feeling. That feeling is the fact that God is real. And his power is so mighty that it cannot be defined by facts found in this world and and the way we think about things in an earthly manner. So rest in that fact that you are not built and will never fully understand the power of God. That's why he's God. That's really all I have to say about that. Um, next question. And I talked a little bit about this on my podcast Instagram. But it says, any advice on how to get through seasons of deep loneliness? I love your podcast, by the way. It's definitely my favorite. Oh, wow. Thank you. You're my favorite, even though I don't know who you are. Any advice on how to get through seasons of deep loneliness? I am so lonely a lot. Um, I have been through so many seasons of deep, deep loneliness, even when I'm surrounded by people, surrounded by people who are close to me, surrounded by people who I consider my best friends. I still feel so lonely and so deep. I actually just got out of a really lonely season in the transition from Texas to home. And before that, it was from school to Texas. And before that, it was from home to school. I find that I'm lonely when there's change. And when there's change, I resort to what I know I can control. And what I can control is my food and exercise. And so how do I deal with the seasons of deep loneliness? First, I identify what I go to. And I go to my food and exercise because that's what I control. And when I feel like my life is out of control, I go to what I feel like I control can control. So first I would try to identify what's the common factor or the common thing that you turn to when you feel alone. Secondly, what I would do is replace that with the Lord. Go to your Bible, do what you can, go to people who fill your spirit up, go watch a movie, go do something that brings you joy, go get in nature, go do something. If you're not in a season of loneliness, but you're in a season of being, a, like, a, I guess alone would be the word. You're not feeling lonely, but you're more independent these days. I would also sink into that in a balanced way of still keeping up your social life. But I would encourage every single listener to learn how to do things alone. I'm not saying you have to go like take yourself on a solo date or like go watch a movie by yourself. I mean, those things are fun too and a great challenge for especially people who thrive off of being with others. But be bored by yourself. Don't have a plan every once in a while. 
because being bored can train you to not be uncomfortable with sitting in your thoughts alone. Again, we can't fear these thoughts. We've got to accept them in because we can't fear ourselves. We've already got enough to fear in this world and we can't be under this umbrella of fear that's forcing us to live our lives under these certain restrictions. We are meant to live on this earth free and happy. And it's just like the enemy to take those moments and make us feel hollow inside. So that would be like my general advice. Things that I have personally turned to, I mean, I don't want to sound like the classic Christian girl, but like finding a church community and reading my Bible. At my freshman year, when I felt so alone to the point to where I didn't want to be on this earth anymore, trigger warning, um, I say after I need the, the trigger warning, but I sat down at my desk and I just said out loud to the Lord, all right, God, it's me and you until I can get myself out of this. And I am focusing on just you and me. And a month later, I was thriving. Now, am I going to say that's the case for you? No, everyone's case is different. I would say tell yourself and try to believe in your heart that this season of loneliness that you're in is going to help you thrive so much later. And I know no one wants to hear that, but you have to believe it because especially if you're in such a deep pit of loneliness and you feel like you have no friends and you feel like no one knows you and no one understands you, you have to understand that number one, it will get better, but number two, it will produce perseverance within you and it will be something you will grow from, something you will learn from, something you'll look back on and appreciate and make you appreciate other things in your life later on down the road. And even though it's going to be difficult in the moment now and it's so hard to get through these things right now, it's going to be so much, so worth it later. And I know it's so hard to hear in the moment and hard to even believe it in the moment, but you will get out of it. You will. And I also want to sit here and say, yes, there are things we can do to help get ourselves out of those times, but there's also just time. And sometimes you just have to wait. And like, I remember walking down the hallways in high school and just feeling so alone, so by myself. And other people would look at me and be like, like, okay, not to be whatever, I'm saying this out of trying to be open and honest with people and not in a way of bragging. But like I was the person in high school who people would look at and be like, oh, that's Abby Murphy. She knows everyone. She's friends with everyone. Like that's Abby Murphy. Like she's she's doing great and she's whatever, blah, 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 blah. I would say more of my high school career than not, I felt so alone and like no one understood me and like I had no friends. Like, all of freshman, mm, fall of freshman year, almost all of junior year, and the beginning of senior year, I felt so alone. And, like, I had no friends. Absolutely none. I had no one who understood me. And all of my friends in high school, I love you, and I know we were friends. And I'm not saying this to say that we weren't friends. We, like, I love all of my friends, but I'm saying this to say you can be surrounded by people and be looked at as the Miss Popular or the Miss Knows Everyone and just feel so alone. 
So you have to know other people are in your corner. And I remember walking down the hallways and just thinking, like one time, it just hit me. And I was like, I feel so happy that I'm going through such a hard time because I know I'll get through it and I know I'll be stronger. And looking back now, I'm so grateful for it because it's trained me in my adult life to deal with loneliness. It's a really long answer and kind of sporadic, but I hope that helps. Um, Next question. Can you mention different devotionals you use or have used? I'm struggling finding a good one that I can truly invest in. I also struggle with devotionals, especially like daily devotionals, like one a day little passages. Um, My mom reads Daily Hope with Rick Warren. It's like a subscription online. I would encourage you to do that. It's a quick thing you can do on your phone. You can read it in between sets at the gym. You can read it during class if you're on your phone. You can read it first thing in the morning before you check Snapchat. It takes like five minutes, just something really quick. Um, Jesus sorry, I just burped. I had eggs for dinner. Anyways. Um, no, I didn't. That was a lie. I had pizza. Anyways. Um, Jesus calling is always a good devotional if you want something short, but I really struggle with devotionals and I found that getting a good book and then reading a couple pages a day or even like a page or two a day works so much better for me. Um, some books that I recommend as well is, uh, uncultured. Yeah. Is it uncultured? Wait, let me make sure. Um, un, yeah. Uncultured cult. Yeah. Uncultured book. Yeah. It's just called uncultured. Right. By, um, by David Platt, I think. Hold on. I'm looking it up on my phone. David Platt, new book on Amazon. Oh, Counterculture, not Uncultured. Counterculture by David Platt is really good for like politics in this world and and how the Bible aligns with politics. Um, It's really great. I read it right before I went to college and it really, really just rocked my world and was great. Um, some good authors, Jonathan Bakluda. I'm obsessed with Jonathan Bakluda. Sadie Robertson is always a slay. Love her. Jenny Allen is always really good. I've been wanting to read, um, oh, what's it called? Gay Girl, Good God by, um, Jackie Hill Perry. Um, and, and, oh, what's John Mark Comer. John Mark Comer is a great author. Just some good people to throw out there. I'm sure there's more. Um, but yeah, just look into some books. I love Find Your People. Uh, that's really good for loneliness as well. Find Your People by Jenny Allen. Uh, yeah, just find a book if you're struggling with devotionals. But um, yeah, there are also really great online ones as well. Next question. How do you keep each day from feeling the same? Because I wake up and it just feels like I'm doing it all over again. I have been there. I have been there. I have been there. Find I'm a creature who thrives off of routine. So for me, I don't struggle with this as much, but I know there are people out there. And I also have had seasons where I feel like this as well. Like you're just living the same day. Find the things in your life that truly bring you joy and try to incorporate that into every day and try to add that into your routine. If you're someone who you can't be spontaneous all the time and you can't change things up, change things up within your routine. Like I've gotten into a routine of going and being a lifeguard every day. And so 
you know, each day is a new challenge. Oh, I'm going to try to drink this much water or, oh, I'm going to try to read this many pages or, oh, I'm going to make a bracelet today or, oh, blah, blah, blah. just silly things to spice up each day. Um, there was one time a season of my life where I did like something I'm grateful for every day. Maybe you could start journaling. Um, you could do have something to look forward to within each hour. Um, I'm someone who really loves to look forward to like meals and cooking. And so, you know, when I go to work and things just feel like, oh, I'm just going through the motions again. I love to think like, oh, what can I cook in a couple hours? Or what can I do? I'm a, a big encourager of thinking and daydreaming and just allowing yourself to just daydream. Um, because there are no rules in daydreaming, you know, try to spice up things in your life while remaining in that routine if you are not able to change it. Now, if you're at a point in your life like where you can pick up and just go be spontaneous, why not? Why not? Life's too short. Life is too short. If you're stable enough to be able to go do it, go do it. Just go. Don't hold yourself back. Life is life. Life is life is going to be here until Jesus comes back and then it's not. And then none of it's going to matter anyways. Just go. Have fun. Have fun. Next question. Kind of silly. Favorite food? Pizza. No. Next question. What have you found that helps you stay in daily scripture in a, a daily scripture and prayer routine? <laughs> this is kind of like counter to what I just said about not being in a routine. But I, like you said, I just stay in the routine. Um, and you know, it's, it's tough. I'm in a season right now where I'm really struggling to read my Bible because I just don't want to, frankly, but I'm praying for the want to, or at least trying to pray for the want to. I guess this is my wake up call that I need to start praying for the want to do that. Um, but staying in that routine and forming a routine that you love. I think that's the ticket is forming a routine that you love that works for you. Because when you form your life to a way that fits your passions and the way that God made you, that's the ticket. And then you'll learn to love the life you're living. You will feel content because God's made us all differently. And I think social media plays into this. We see these people with like, oh, I wake up at this time and I do this and I glamorize this lifestyle. Well, that's great for them, but that doesn't mean you also have to follow that lifestyle in order to feel that way. We're all made different for a reason. Find a scripture and a prayer routine that works for you. You know, I'm an avid note taker. I love to write things down, but if that doesn't work for you and you just like to read, then just read. If that's what works for you, that is what works for you. Last couple of questions. Oh, ouch. This one says, why do you take so long to respond to messages? Okay. Ouch. It's because I'm living in the moment. Mic drop. How do you handle being overwhelmed or worrying a lot? Again, I think this goes without saying, but I pray, I turn to the Lord first. I try to turn to the Lord first. Um, when I feel overwhelmed, I go to what I feel relief from. And I don't want to say that and then people like get the wrong idea. Like if you feel relief from like drugs or something like that, I'd be like, mm, no. But a healthy outlet, music is a great thing. Art is a great thing. Exercise in a healthy amount is a great. 
any of this is great in moderation. I enjoy these things and these passions that bring me relief and an escape from reality while not letting it replace the priority of the Lord. The Lord has made me love music. The Lord has allowed me to love running. The Lord has allowed me to love nature, to be outside, to be with friends. I turn to these things that bring me pure joy when I feel overwhelmed because when I feel overwhelmed, if I try to get everything done that has to get done while I'm feeling overwhelmed, nothing is going to get done the way that it should. And at the end of the day, you may miss a deadline. You may miss something that you have to commit to and have to do. But that does not make you a failure. It makes you human. And we have to remind ourselves that we are not machines. We are human. And so, yeah, like if I'm late on a podcast update or podcast upload, I'm sorry, but I'm human. And I just have to cut myself some slack sometimes. And I finally realized that. I finally realized that. There's importance of staying on task, but it's more important to do things to the best of your ability and when you figure out a nice schedule again I'm bringing the schedules back of that work-life balance the overwhelm starts to become less and less um worrying worrying is always going to be there again uh, I'm repeating myself at this point but I would encourage you to try to navigate how to not be afraid of these feelings and let them in. I went through a phase where I had really irrational fears. Um, and I was like, just uh, like worrying about the oddest things like, oh, are my contacts going to bother me all day today? Or, oh, is my like earring going to rip out of my ear? Or like, is, I don't know, just like weird stuff. And I would worry about it all day. So finally I was like, fine. I'm just going to keep thinking about it. I'm going to keep thinking about it. So finally I was like, okay, my contacts are going to bother me all day. Oh, my contacts are going to bother me right now. They're going to do it right now. And I just would say these things out loud and first hear how silly they sounded. And then second, just allow them to come in. And then I was like, oh, well, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then I just kind of dropped them. I dropped those thoughts. So that's a good little tactic to try. Maybe just try it out and see. Um, Again, ask people who also, I would, I would remain open with people in your circle about these things too, because again, I'm giving just general statements that have worked for me and how I have dealt with these things. There are other people who like have worry disorders and, you know, struggle more intensely with different things that I haven't struggled with. So I would also reach out to someone that you trust and someone that you care about as well. Last question, how to be able to deal with mental health struggles in a biblical way? This is the heart and soul of this podcast and mental health is so important. And I think it's funny that mental health struggles are worries and fears and things brought on by this world. And how to deal with worldly problems in a biblical way is simply put, go to not the world in any way, shape, or form. If these struggles are being brought on by the world, why do we think that the source of the problem is the thing that's going to fix it? God is not going to bring you a problem. He may allow a hard time in your life, 
to strengthen you if that is what you need to XYZ, become a better person, become closer with him, find your passion in life, whatever the answer is. He is the source of the light in this world, of all things good. And if it's not good, then it's not God. And I say that very boldly. So these health struggles, these mental things, these worries, these fears that are creeping into your life are not from God. So go to him. Go to him. Look up things, Bible verse, Bible verses about blank. Start there. When you find a verse you like, go read that full chapter. When you like that chapter, start from the beginning of the book. Take it day by day. Little steps in the right direction. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Jesus loves you. And that's life. Thank you so much for listening to That's Life Pod. You are now a hashtag that's for lifer. You are part of the potty people because we are always having a potty with the potty squad. That was weird. Anyways, if you want to find out more, go on Instagram, head over to That's Life Potty, P-O-D-D-Y, because you are not part of the potty people. I really need to stop with this joke. If you want to find out even more, you can head over to the YouTube, That's Life Pod. There is a link in the Instagram bio with a link tree for more information on everywhere you can stream. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Jesus loves you. And that's life.